Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have our next guest, Anne-Marie Pollocky-Dinkle, who is the event manager at CMX. She truly is the wizard behind the scenes when it comes to all our HQ events here. If you attended CMX Global in April or CMX Summit in October or the CMX Winter Soiree in December, then you have felt the magic. Today, we talk about the planning process when it comes to virtual events, how to create an event, how to make it engaging, and how to make an impact on your community. Well, I am so very excited to have Anne-Marie on the podcast with me today. For those of you who don't know, Anne-Marie and I actually do work together at CMX in all things community, but I figured it would be fun to have her on to talk a little bit more about the actual event strategy for our community and what she does in her role as event manager at CMX. So Anne-Marie, welcome. Could you start by kind of describing a little bit in more detail exactly what your role is? as event manager entails? Um, of course. And a little bit before that, for those of you don't know, yes, of course, Beth is the best coworker <laughs> out there. Couldn't ask for a better one. So <laughs> had to throw that out there. Okay. Now I can answer your question. My role as event manager at CMX is I own the event strategy and execution for all CMX quote unquote winky face, (laughs) HQ events, um, which means I plan out the event calendar cadence. I figure out the types of events that we want to throw for our CMX community. And I track event goals and set metrics for each of those events. So one step below that on a more tactical level, I own each event from start to finish. That includes the pre-planning, the day of coordination, post-event follow-up. I create agendas, again, per each event, set event goals, curate speaker lineup, choose topics, manage budget, figure out the best ways to make each event unique and engaging. Well, and I think that that list will totally surprise people, especially because we're talking really specifically about virtual events. So like there is so much that goes on behind the scenes with virtual events. Can you talk a little bit about the planning and creation process and especially that like virtual event space? What is your advice for someone who's kind of new to that process in the virtual event space? Yeah, of course. So you definitely hit the nail on the head with that one. Virtual events are not easier than IRL events. I think that is the general consensus, but that is definitely a common misconception because there is so much that goes into virtual events. And instead of like where, you know, you're at an in-person event, you're running around, you go to bed that night, your legs are swollen. Instead, it's been you sitting in a chair for 12 hours, 16 hours a day, five days a week, and now you have developed sciatica. So again, like the physical like ailments there, like it's still a thing. The event industry like still like has that on you, you know? But um, the one thing I will say in regards to someone who is just starting out planning virtual events is just start early and be sure to give yourself the time to market the event. Generally, for example, the one-day conferences we put on, we're gonna want one month to two months of actual planning and then a full month to market the event, get the word out there, properly work with your marketing teams to make sure that you can get those RSVPs. So again, you know, there's the overlap with you have the event, you plan it, and then you market it, 
But if you don't have the event finalized, all the speakers, the full lineup, the topics, everything curated, then you're kind of going to be marketing an event that isn't fully done. So just give yourself the time and really start early. And like the creation process for those larger events, like take the time to do the event brief, get really clear on your key messaging for your event, who you're putting it on for, why you're putting it on and really understand your goals for the event. That's really good advice. And I just to kind of piggyback off of that, how do you make your virtual events stand out? So you're talking about marketing, you're talking about the audience, you know, like who this event is for, but how do you actually make it so that they will want to attend your event? Yeah. So my whole thing that I like to joke about too is like that magic. I love magic and I love creating that. So for me, what I've done is literally whatever has come to my mind, you know, and we've always said that, right, Beth? Because you think an event should have like ice carving? Well, cool. Google live ice carving companies. Like you want a talking parrot show and like birds to do tricks and like some sort of like fun, like engaging experience. Awesome. Like Google live virtual event show, you know, just make it happen because once you do everyone and like the community and the people that you're putting on the events for, they'll They'll never forget it. And now with virtual events, like there are barriers, but also like you can do a lot more. You can do things that you never even thought of. So like I totally like believe like whatever comes to mind, if you can dream it, do it. I was just thinking that quote. That's like the poster that was in my guidance counselor's office in grade eight. If you can dream it, you can do it. So you heard it here first, folks. Anne-Marie agrees. (laughs) We're not going to talk about my middle. No, I'm joking. Yes, definitely. I agree. And so – I would love to hear a little bit more, and I know some of this, obviously, because we work together, but for the listeners, can you talk a little bit more about how these virtual events and events in general have impacted the CMX community? Yeah, of course. So what I, well, hope everyone feels like, like there are two parts here with that, you know, connection and also what the community learns from each other. So... In regards like to all the events that we put on at CMX, we definitely want to be sure that we provide a safe space where members can come to connect with each other, you know? So that's one part. And we've learned from our community through and through that all they want to do is just meet like-minded people who are looking to build community, learn best practices, all of that great stuff. So the second part that ties into that is just... Well, kind of what I feel too. The best way to obtain new knowledge is to learn it from someone you know. So by creating these experiences, creating these events where people can network with each other and just have all the new insights from community, I definitely feel like that's just one of the best ways that people can learn from each other. And so that's how kind of cultivating our strategy, our event strategy for this year is to focus on those intimate networking events, those curated discussion groups where people can really dig into topics that they themselves want to talk about and learn from other community members on. Awesome. I agree. I think it I always am reminded of this quote from one of our CMX Connect hosts in London who said that her favorite part of the CMX events were when people walk into a room or when people sign on to the virtual event and they realize that there are other people who are also community professionals and they don't have to 
explain what they do for work because the people who are in that room or in that virtual space already know what community is and they know what community management is. So it's just, I feel like that's kind of what the events bring is that camaraderie and that connection like you were talking about. So, okay, next question. As someone who kind of historically worked only in in in-person events, what was the biggest surprise when you switched to virtual events? Either something that you were surprised in a good way or surprised in a bad way? What were you shocked by? Yeah, so like I mentioned before, the biggest thing, virtual events are not easier than in-person events, you know? And so I just want to keep, like, banging that drum, like – And then another thing too, it's like, okay, usually I'm in like a trailer, like in a park somewhere. That's where my like HQ office is. And now it's like, okay, it went from my bedroom. Now I've graduated to my kitchen slash living room combo. Like, and so that's kind of weird too, but at the same time, it's, yeah, virtual events are not easier than in-person events and the legwork like is all still really there and now you're just like doing it from the comfort of your own home and you know when you're home things seem like they should be easier but they're not. (laughs) I will say first that nothing will ever replace that magic that we really truly felt at in-person CMX summits for example because that was just like the palpable magic that you were feeling the connection the serendipitous meetings you were having with people nothing will replace that but when we did CMX global in April of 2020 i remember you know having this full day doing this full event from, yeah, the comfort of my own home, just like speaking to my computer as if I was speaking to thousands of people. And then when it was finished, I closed my computer and then I went into my living room and it just felt like I had exited Narnia. Like I was just in this totally other world. And then I came back to this this world instead of going to a hotel or going for dinner with attendees or whatever. Like it was just so strange to have this work-life balance. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So funny. Oh, and then remember that time when we were all backstage and it was you, me, and David before we went on to address the closing for CMX Global Connect. And I was like, you guys, I've had half a piece of string cheese and a grape. And you're like, me too. And David's like, yeah, I had a bite of something. I forgot what it was because it felt like it was last week. It's like, still, that's whole, it's, you're still running an event. It's still, you're still like not nourishing yourself you're still just it feels like you should be running around like crazy but you're not again you're sitting in your chair so it's really funny that you brought that up (laughs) yeah well I mean I think that that's that's where the excitement comes from right when when we're so excited we're having such a good time and we're on for so long and that energy and that adrenaline is pumping like that's what then transfers through the screen to the attendees and that's when they start to have those moments of like This is so fun. I'm learning so much. I'm really engaged with my computer screen, which, let's face it, is a difficult task to engage with someone over a computer screen. Anyway, so I've always been impressed, especially by your ideas, Anne-Marie. Truly, if you can dream it, you can do it. We've had ice carving. We've had live parrots. We've had the live musicians. We've had a DJ. Like, we've had such fun at our virtual events, and that's all because of you. Aw, thanks. You know me. I love fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, last question, and I ask all of my guests this question. What is a memorable moment you've had with the CMX community? 
definitely when we went to that trip to the Bahamas after the CMX Summit after party. I mean, that was hilarious. There are nine of us at that networking table. I like put on a hat. Valentina was there asking all these questions. We played some games. And then we figured like we need to turn this into an actual trip. So you didn't hear it here, folks, but CMX Summit in the Bahamas coming to your hot, maybe late 2020. 24. I'm not sure where we're going on that timeline right now, Beth, but we've got that in the works. <laughs> I mean, I'm down for a beach CMX summit. Um, I love that. I think, you know, it's funny. Oftentimes people answer that question with the, the stories of connection when they actually got a chance to chat with community members and like they actually had a chance to be a member of their own community. So that makes a lot of sense. And I, I love that story. Yeah, it's been fun. Well, thanks, Anne-Marie. That was, I mean, I love chatting with you every day during our workday, but it was just so much fun to record that and talk about it for our fantastic listeners. Yes, same here. I'm so excited. I can't wait to hear what I sound like on a podcast. Thanks for letting me come on here for the first time ever. Look at me checking off my bucket list. (laughs) All thanks to you, Beth. (laughs) Thanks, Anne-Marie. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. 